I don't know if you all had certain topics. I just wanted to, to share with you something, boys. What's up? Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I very rarely get into reality series. Um, mm. But uh, I Uh-oh. found... <laughs> Uh-oh. Found one I've wanted to share with you boys. We might need to do an episode about it or something. Is it Fuckboy Island? God, no. I <laughs> is wish. that real? Is that real? That is real. <sighs> no. Well, they call it F Boy Island, like cowards. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I have. Have you watched Fuckboy Island? No. Uh, was a breakdown. A okay. friend. A friend of mine has watched it, and they said it was it was actually very good. <laughs> I wa- I watched a couple episodes of um, Too Hot to Handle, which seems like it should be funny. Th- but, this is what I want to talk about. But like okay. that, that one is the. People are on a bone island mm. and yep. they have yep. like uh, money. And if any of them have sex, they lose money. But it's a group pot and it's like very arbitrary on what takes money away. So they start, but it's like 16 people and uh-huh. $100,000, which isn't even that much to 16 people no. spread evenly. It's not even that much. How do you kick people uh, off? Can you kick people off? They don't, though. Like, they kicked one person off because he got boring. And then, meanwhile, two other people just started shacking up, and they cost the group, like, $60,000, and they're like, sorry. The- That's too hot to handle. That's not even the show I wanted to talk about. Oh, well, then, well, then I do I do have a real quick question for that. Does soaking count? Which I just learned about. I just learned what soaking <laughs> Why is. Did I also oh? just learned about soaking this oh? week. So you, you get, can, can you guys educate me on soaking? Paul, Paul you get to do it. <laughs> so uh, soaking is a thing that apparently they're doing at Brigham Young University, a Mormon uh-huh. university, uh, okay. where they're Mormons. So they yeah. have very strict religious beliefs, and they mm. but they are also uh, young adults at, at the first place where they have their own bedrooms and they want to have they want to have <laughs> sex where their parents don't sleep above them probably. yeah where their parents yeah, can't yeah. hear the sex they're having so they want to have okay. sex but they really love Jesus so sure. they're so they're which is fine if you live Jesus do whatever you want to do but this is ridiculous so you don't have sex per se you can do what is called soaking which is you place the penis w- within the vagina and there is no motion it's just soaking but then, soaking. but then there's another stage to it called jump pumping, where a person, a friend of yours, will stand on the bed. A third next party. To, a third party will stand on the bed next to you while you're soaking, and jump to create motion for you <laughs> that you are not creating for yourself because the bed is being moved by somebody else. If you Wait. thrust your own hips into a vagina, that is sin. But yes. if you happen to just be in a vagina <laughs> and and yeah. your friend is making the penis and vagina move back and forth not your fault now if jesus can't get mad at you so i'm sorry they jump like the third party jumps at the edge of the bed like just kind of like wiles out does some kicks or something they do a human infused magic fingers human monkeys jumping on the bed you know like in jimboree as a kid Mm -hmm. where you'd have someone on the edge of the like trampoline that would like push down on the big pillows and launch you up even higher they're like doing that for your sex yes this is the hole in a sheet method of sex. <laughs> this, this just seems like a lot of work for a loophole that God is going to close eventually. Oh, yeah, he's good. Once he learns about what's going on at BYU, God yeah. is coming down for a brief Mor- Mormon God is going to put his spectacles on and be like, all right, well, clearly, clearly this is in violation of what I've laid down. Meanwhile, back over and, and, and then he puts on his other hat and becomes another religion where he's just like, this is okay. 
Secretly, God is all gods. That's my oh yeah. No, I'm with you on that. That's 100 percent true. Yeah, he Love puts it. on different disguises when he talks to different people just to keep things fun. Um, God, God is constantly on a date where he has multiple dates and he's trying to jump between. Them. <laughs> he's talking to Abraham and then he's like, "Hold on, is this like an episode of Three's Company or something? Yeah. Like he's mm-hmm. got he brought too many dates to the dance? Mm-hmm. Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> except that, except the th- the main cast of Three's Company is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, One time he ran back out to Buddha and like, and Buddha was like, "Why are you a flaming bush right now? What are you doing?" And he's like, "Oh, oh, I got the disguises mixed oh, up," and he ran back out again. That's a not offensive religion joke, right? I think we're no. saying I think, I think it's positive. The burning religion. the burning bush is fun. Okay. Anyway, so so soaking would be uh, a way to get around the draconian rules on uh, hot yeah. what, hot ones. What is it called? Hot stuff. <laughs> hot stuff. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, would that count as? <laughs> wait, wait. What are you talking? Too about? hot. Too hot for to, for, no, for too, business. Too hot to handle. That's it. Your, the the reality show that you didn't want to talk about. Oh but, yeah, sorry. But we did end up <laughs> talking about for six minutes. <laughs> uh, it was like two, two. <laughs> listen, uh, listen. We're just gonna gush about Pete and Pete in a little bit. So we got plenty yeah, of time. Uh, I'm very excited to talk about Pete and Pete. I'm not. I'm not rushing us. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to find the thread. Okay. So I'll, I'll tell. You, all right. Well, by the way, if you ever you don't need to watch Two Out to Handle, listener. You just need to find the clip. Where the one dude in the island who hasn't been having sex because he wants that money mm-hmm. is just staring at the dumb couple that kept hooking up as he finds out via their Siri robot that they lost $60,000. And it is a mood. That dude going, <laughs> y'all just fucked with my money, literally, is is real good. Hell yeah. So, the reality show that I discovered on the History Channel, which mm-hmm. is really, I know, uh, kicking a dead horse, falling from grace. Mm-hmm is a <laughs> reality series called Scott, uh, Skinwalker Ranch. Wait, and like the Skinwalker Ranch? These, I, I mean, if you ask them, they're the Skinwalker Ranch, yes. Uh, okay, go on. <laughs> I know there's a, I know there's a bunch of documentaries about Skinwalker Ranch, because yes. as soon as like, we watched this one, a million others were like, oh, you want to know more? Yeah, that's, like a, that's a hot spot, yeah. It is, I want to be careful about what i say about the history of this land because it used to be native american mm-hmm. uh and at some point it was sold to a bunch of white dudes mm-hmm. and since then over the last maybe paul you already know this uh i'm assuming last, I'm, as- I'm assuming that's who's making the show is the people who ultimately bought the land it, yeah it's it's the white people who own it have made this show halfway that i think is just an advertisement for skinwalker ranch like i think they're trying to sell you t-shirts of Skinwalker Ranch. They're monetizing this for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh and and they 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 present it like the X-Files. We're like this is a group of experts we have assembled and we and we have a compound and we we bought this land but um horses have been mutilated. Mm-hmm. Um people get lightheaded. Some people have gotten <laughs> sick. Just uh it's, it's really like not a super damning list of things it, so far it, yeah it sounds like a bad place to be if you're a horse but like a minorly <laughs> inconvenient place to be if you're a person mm-hmm. like what what one guy who clearly is like the team's mystic but he's just a white dude who bought a native american vest mm-hmm. oh, uh, God. tells a story about how he swore he saw a wolf man staring at him in the darkness one night and he won't go out alone anymore um, because Skinwalker lore is tied to like werewolves, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the the cast, and I'm assuming Jim Morse is who you're talking about right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and here's what I really like about it, because fuck these guys. But 
<laughs> and also the head of security is a dude who calls himself Dragon. Yeah, Brian Arnold. I'm looking at that guy too, who was like the most cliche head of security guy I've ever seen in my entire he life. Get, he he definitely gave himself a security guard uniform. He is Mac from Always Sunny made mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wears like all black and a hat and there's no logo or like anyone else dressing like that. He decided to dress like that. Mm-hmm. Did he go uh, Did he go bald or did he go ponytail? I think it's hard to say. He's never taken his hat off as far as I wow. see. Wow. Dedication. He's always wearing that black hat. He's a skinwalker himself. He, he skinwalked a hat onto his head, which he'll never remove now. That's his. <laughs> Uh, that's the big reveal. <laughs> Secretly, his hat is made out of his. It's skin. made of his own skin. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think I am just so tickled by this idea, and that like, if you ever please, you guys would have to watch an episode. But the present <laughs> the presentation of it is like super high tech. Like it's spooky, but they fly this astrophysicist in in like a deluxe helicopter after the head of the company, who's like the super nerd who bought it. Brandon Fugel uh, drives mm-hmm. him in his like Ma- Maserati mm-hmm. to the helicopter, and it is an entire organization of dudes who want to be X Files, but they are secretly becoming Umbrella Corp, and it is the funniest fucking thing. So I'm confused. Is yes. is the point that there are like werewolf like beings on the ranch, or is the point that? There are unexplained phenomenon on the ranch, or all, all things, Kevin. All things catch all on this. We I watched two episodes, two forty five minute episodes with Heidi. I still didn't know exactly what the problem with Skinwalker Ranch was. Okay, Skinwalker Ranch is, is a long, well known like UFO paranormal like area. Like it's and it's been like for long, long periods of time, yeah. right? Like for like well before all of this stuff, but. Some people lived there, I think, like, I don't know, in the 70s or something like that. And some wild shit happened while they were living there. And then Mm -hmm. then it was sold at one point. And they and like people it was shut down, like the area was shut down. I think in like the 2000s or something, this happened and it was completely. And this is what is going on is what is what's happening right now, which is obvious why they shut it down. They were like, put a put fence around it and then we will make a lot (laughs) of money and then we will make a lot of money off of this. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, Paul, you're no, you probably know this too. It's they all but say it's pretty obvious that the ra- the land is radiated. Mm-hmm. They mentioned that like near World War II, they were doing test bombings in the area, and they're pretty sure like radon and other radioactive yeah. materials uh-huh. went into the surface. Uh, <laughs> and there's multiple times they're walking around, and there's like a giga cutter, and they're like, "Oh, we should we should be up here. This is dangerous." Uh, oh my god. But they won't just say, like, oh, that's why everyone gets sick all the time. Because <laughs> they're, yeah. they're in Chernobyl. Maybe there's a wolf man. <laughs> but all of it is presented, like, when they they bring in this main dude who's an astrophysicist who seems like the dumbest astrophysicist you've ever met. And they're bringing him in and they give him a presentation on Skinwalker Ranch in, like, the highest class office building mm-hmm. with, like, uh, multimedia slides that something you'd be in a Michael Bay movie. Okay. These guys are so trying to be cool, and they're all not, and it makes it amazing. The dude who owns the company is like, if Albert Wesker was a nerd. Yeah, Brandon Fugel, the guy who owns this company, called his company Adamantium Holdings. So, <laughs> Oh, my God. If that gives you any idea what's going on. Uh... Wolverine, Wolverine Corp owns this place. Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's like a, he's like a Nathan for you character where during the first episode after the end of it, they're like, uh, astrophy- Southern astrophysicist wants to start digging for tests. And they're like, absolutely not. Dragon's like, I will not let you dig. When you dig, bad things happen. Jim here, when he started digging, he got a big goiter on his head. His head started mutating. They're like, what? Yeah, I won't let you dig. So they call they call his boss, Adamantium <laughs> Holdings boss. And he's like, hello, I'm in my office. I have an important call. What is going on? Huh. You want to dig? All right, Brian. Show him the secret file. And then like, this dude who looks like Charlie's uncle from Always Sunny goes into a back room and brings out a case to present like, this is the truth of Skinwalker Ranch. And it's just a big magnet that doesn't explain anything. This is the saddest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. It's yeah. so fun to watch these dudes do pretend X-Files. Yeah. Um. um <laughs> <laughs> I have reservations. <laughs> I like that so far, the worst thing that happens to people is they get some sort of mild ailment. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I forgot. There were people who lived on the ranch in the 70s. And something bad yeah. happened to him, and that case hasn't been disclosed. And that's literally like the West, uh, whatever the the house from Resident Evil Zero or Resident right. Evil One. Like that's where the last interesting things happened was in like the seventies, <laughs> where like people were like, "What could what's going on with this place?" Then rich people bought it, and it became. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. The first episode you described sounded like them just going through dig safe. <laughs> like, <laughs> wait, what do you mean? Is dig safe? What's dig safe? Dig safe is who you call if you like have to dig up your lawn and you need to know where the gas lines are. Yeah, you'd like an ocean compliant dig. Yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there should be haunted dig safe. There should be like a, well, not, yeah, you have a power line here. Also, there's some ghosts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are they trying to do? What, what, what's their purpose here? <laughs> I don't like, know. I honestly don't know what the objective is. At make all money, time. guys. It's make money off of this show. <laughs> they hired an astrophysicist to do what exactly? Just show up and be like, I'd like to dig, I guess. That sounds vaguely science We want you to show up and want to do your job. And then we will have the other characters on the show, I mean, real people who own this place, pretend <laughs> that you can't. And we will just fight over that for the entire hour of the show. That's what it sounds like. Chad, I'm not going to I I I'm I'm glad you found something that is entertaining you. I will not watch this. <laughs> yeah. oh, we're not going to do a Buds on it. Oh, I refuse. Okay. I I can I see all of the angles that are intended to infuriate and trap me into this show from the from just your ex- explanation. I'm not on board. I'm not doing it. I'm not falling for it. Dorky Wesker is the funniest fucking concept I think I've ever that seen. That is cool. Cuz Wesker <laughs> already is dorky. <laughs> what if he couldn't teleport and he just had a cool car? That's what if that, that was Wesker. I I feel like I, I I couldn't even entirely like open my heart uh, to it because once I heard reality show, I was like, no, never, not in a million years, I will not. Yeah, <laughs> they yep. just stress me out, man. Like I don't know what it is. I don't like the editing on reality TV shows. Sure, mm. artificiality really drives me nuts. I just like and like there's tons totally. of things that I watch that are artificially you know edited and stuff like that. But there's something about it that just like mm, skeeves me. Oh, yeah. this one would drive you. I'm totally with you. This one has a, an extra level of like, if they're going to get in their car and the mm-hmm. Maserati to drive, mm-hmm. there is then 30 seconds of like high professional uh, B roll of like drones shooting them driving across the highway. I'm oh, like, that is no. not even close to real. With like slick music you guys shot, and stuff. Like a car commercial for yourselves yes. right now. Yeah. Yes. Is there product placement? Like, are there like very visible like Cheetos no, bags or Mountain Dew or anything like that? It's just to make dorky Wesker look cool. 
I say. Yeah. I mean, it would look he would look cooler with a bag of Doritos <laughs> and a and a date and a do in the other hand. <laughs> If he found a gamer fuel, he's like, I love drinking these before I go hunting for werewolves on Skinwalker Ranch. <laughs> if he had a Mountain Dew Code Black. Uh, oh, yes. Black. Yeah. Yes. Or what if he had black. what if he had like a Mountain Dew Code, like another color, like that people couldn't get? Like it was an exclusive. Like, he'd, like, <laughs> like, they, like he had like the, 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 like the secret, the secret code, you know? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I was trying to think of a color and Mountain Dew has done every color. What's the what's the fa- what's the color that doesn't exist? Uh, um, uh, Octarine. Octarine. Mountain Dew Code Octarine. That's what he oh, said. Oh, my God. You got to drink it. <laughs> Mountain Dew Fanta Black. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> not but not Fanta the drink. Fanta, Va- Va- yeah, uh, Fanta Black. Va- mm-hmm. Fanta, yep. <laughs> the, the Fanta you can't see. It's a very confusing product name. Totally matte black. It's the. Yeah. It's <laughs> so the, you put it on a shelf and you can't see it because it just hides in the shadows. Dark Miyazaki goo. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It opens. A, it opens a portal within you. <laughs> you open the bottle and all the light in the supermarket goes out. You're like, oh no. <laughs> what have I done? I have op- I have awoken the old gods. Good lord! I I'm saddened a little bit because I remember watching a lot of like dumb ghost hunter stuff. I think on yes. History Channel back mm-hmm. in the day, and this just seems like a more billionaire slant on that sort of thing. Like, sure, yeah, used to be little little upstart teams of people with right. like an EMF detector. Now it's like a landowner. A landowner. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah, that, and that's what that's Chad. When you're explaining it to me, that's what bugs me about it. Is like. With the other stuff, like you're saying, Kevin, like you go out to like a well-known quote unquote haunted place, right? And you sure. you try to verify it for yourself. And anybody can go to that place and mm-hmm. do their own explorations and their own investigations. But this one hundred percent is a private owned land holding so that they mm-hmm. so that they can mm-hmm. make up whatever the fuck they want and nobody can verify it and they can do whatever that they can make this the least reality show of all time. We can only hope that Adamantium Holdings is holding in a lot of radiation poisoning right now inside of their bodies. <laughs> you know, Adamant is just diamond, right? It's just ad- like ad- Adamant is real. It's just what we used to call diamond. Is oh, it? is that the old yeah. name for diamond? Cool. Yeah. yeah. Are you telling me that? Are you telling me that Wolverine skin skeletons are made out of diamond? No, it's made out of Adamantium alloy, which is like. <laughs> An alloy of diamonds? <laughs> An alloy of diamonds and metal? I actually don't know. Remember when Magneto ripped out all of his metal and then he had bone wolverine? Yeah, but they had to... He, <laughs> he started out as bone wolverine because he had to do the dippy thing, I think. like they had to, Are you referring to the adamantium process as the dippy thing? Yeah, they had to give him the... They'd put him in the dip. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, that's pretty accurate what they did. I just like... <laughs> treating him like he's a treat at a, a giant ice cream parlor where we're, yep. just gonna, we're just gonna dunk Wolverine to adamantium. I mean, I mean, I'm looking at Diamond's Wikipedia page, and the only place I see adamantine, which I do see it on there, Kevin, is in its polish luster, which I don't know what that means. Wow, I don't know. Maybe I just, uh, I maybe I just regurgitated a fact that was false. No, that's cool. I, mean, I think that I mean, would be the first time on this show that we've done that. It's involved. Uh, it's in, it's in, adamantine is in there. I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong, Kevin. I'm just saying that I've. I have confirmed that adamantine is involved in it. Adamant in classical mythology is an archaic form of diamond. Oh, so this is like a, a mithril situation, is what we're dealing yeah. with here. Cool. It, with the eum on the end of it makes it metal, but in in like uh, it, it's like an archaic form of uh, diamond. Are which... you telling me the comics stole from mythology? 
I'm telling you, it's all mythology, baby. All the way Everything down. Everything is. <laughs> mythology is just the history of our emotions, dude. Shit. Jesus Christ, that's some heavy. Hell yeah, put us in there. Let's talk about goddamn Pete and Pete. What's more mythology than the 90s, right? Like, that couldn't have happened. That wasn't real. I was just, I lived through it, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It might have been just like a, a fugue state we all went through. I... I loved this episode. Me too. I, I'm glad. I'm really glad. This was um I I didn't remember too much of it. I obviously remembered the uh you know the the the, the premise of the ball boy getting balls. I think th- I would I'm going to say it. This is where that was invented. Range boy being abused by the hitters. I'm it was invented <laughs> here. I don't care if it was invented in the other golf movie that everybody loves. No, it was here. You think it was perpetuated by Pete and Pete? They they made uh, abusing range boys cool. I think they they started a fire they didn't know that they were going to lose control of. <laughs> Did this start the fire of also mascot abuse? Maybe. There's a lot of truth in this episode. There's a lot to this episode. Like mm-hmm. it's a really dense uh, 22 minutes. Um, by the way, my name is Kevin. Welcome to Goosebuds. Oh yeah, we did. Hi, do my that. name's Chad. Uh, welcome to Goosebuds. It's denser than adamantium. Hello, <laughs> I am Paul, uh, owner of Adamantium Holdings. <laughs> I, I'm creating a, a rival vibranium LLC, and I'm going to take on adamantium. What was the What was the Iron Man one? Uh, I mean, Repulsor Tech. There's another one, but I'm going to just say Pepperonium Holdings. That's us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pepperonium Holdings would be an amazing name for a pizza place. <laughs> that's that's what it, that's my fallback plan. Should I? That's my, my safety school is, is pizza place. What I wanted to say, though, real quick. Sure. Was Pete and Pete was a show mm. in the 90s on the Nickelodeon, shot in a beautiful New Jersey, uh, mm-hmm. and it has... I think I think it's the greatest show Nickelodeon made. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it has the coolest theme song uh, that of any quote unquote kids show, right? Oh, for sure. Pol- when Polaris starts playing, like it's you too feel cool. It. It's too cool, almost. Uh, a, a band made up for the show, correct? Yep. A, a yep. band made up for the show. I think they had. A, I think they got back together like just before covid and then broke up again i think they had a little mini like get back together type thing but yeah cool um written uh almost exclusively by people in like the brooklyn uh like improv and uh writing scene that's why we get Artie in uh seinfeld at some point oh okay all right wait i i do mean the actor Toby Huss, yeah. To- Toby, Toby Huss yeah. is in Seinfeld? Okay, yeah. so there was a, an arty cameo in Seinfeld I need to know. I've been watching, no. um, fa- uh, I said Family Guy, uh, King of the Hill, uh, and I gotta mm-hmm. say, I, I, dis- I discovered something sad, but also interesting, yeah. uh-huh. that Khan is not voiced by yeah. anyone of Laotian descent, uh, no. which is bad, nope. very bad, but yeah. Toby Huss does it, which is interesting. I don't think it's good, but I think it's, <laughs> I was surprised by it. Huh. If you want to see him in a in a great role, uh, halt, catch fire. Uh, great dramatic turn from Toby Huss. I think. Uh, I, I think this is a good Artie episode as well. Yeah, it is. It is because Artie is usually on the periphery of most plots. Like he's just kind of there as mm-hmm. just to add a little flavor. Yeah, usually to a usually to a big Pete plot since little Pete uh, usually handles his own battles on his own. Yeah. So like what I noticed, especially with. Artie in this episode was Artie is 100 percent 
the children's piece the piece that is there for like a kid uh-huh. a kid who's not really paying attention to the story or maybe is a little too young to understand like a little bit more of the depth that older pete's dealing with Artie is there to do the goofy faces and say the funny things but he is not without hilarious lines that i think only an adult could appreciate such as i had to write this one down <laughs> yeah yeah when, yeah when uh what's his turtle friend's name clark clark clark, clark first clark. Lo- when Clark first loses his mind, he goes, tell him about Paris. You, me, Hemingway, and the big shiny tugboat. Like, <laughs> so, so, yeah. it's, it's a little lull random, but it's still funny. The idea that Artie hung out with Hemingway yes. is just amazing. And uh, them, like, trying to get Clark's memory back because Clark gets turtle amnesia mm-hmm. at some point. Who, who else did he, he mention? He mentioned someone like Ruth Bader Ginsburg that he also hung out. He oh, tells another story about him and Hemingway. And that's like, he's building a whole lore here. Yeah, it's some other, like, um, I think it was like a, like an, like another writer or something like and that. This, it's probably someone who's also in Midnight in Paris. Yeah, I was so focused on Artie in this. I loved him as a kid. He was my favorite character in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think he's just like, he's doing Ernest P. World level acting. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really going for it. Yeah. Uh, it was the, the, tur- the side plot of, we should tell a little bit about the plot in case you're not remembering the plot of Range Boy. Which yeah. and, plays and mostly around a golf course. It does. And this episode is available on a certain video streaming site <laughs> on the internet. Uh, it I is. Will, I will not say where in the case that I am the one who brings it down. I'm not going to be I'm not gonna be you the one. You can also that, buy yeah. it on DVD. Please support yes, the official release. Please do. Please um, do. I, I don't think you can get the DVDs anymore. Uh, what? Oh, yeah, shit. They're really, uh, they're, I think they're pretty hard to come by. But I watched this on as God intended. On my PlayStation 2, on my CRT TV, so. Hell yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have one DVD as well. Going up in value. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a this is a Big Pete episode. So if you're unfamiliar with Pete and mm-hmm. Pete, there are two brothers named Pete. They have uh, surreal adventures in 90s suburbia, mm-hmm. and it's live action. It's Nickelodeon. It's incredible. I love it. It's the best, like, magical realism for kids, I think, that exists. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Incredible cinematography. Uh, incredible cinematography this yeah. episode especially because mm-hmm. we've watched another episode for this podcast which was, was still had great shots and stuff like that but felt a little more like typical 90s this one and i've always felt this way about this show uh ha- has a very like wes anderson-y style to it oh dude totally i dude paul i was i was calling that out last night mm-hmm. with Sharon with heidi who'd never seen it before Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't have cable and she was losing her mind loved it mm-hmm. and the part where the title credits they don't also ever say their char- their actors' names. Right. It's yeah, yeah. just Pete, Pete, Artie, Mom, Dad. Mom's Plate. That's right. Yep. Is the most Wes Anderson thing in mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. Uh, of a diagram of a doctor pointing to it on an X-ray. <laughs> yep, yep. Is very Wes Yeah, there's a lot of elaborate setups in this one. Not elaborate, sorry. I shouldn't say elaborate because they're not that elaborate. But they're, for television, pretty elaborate with, like, panning shots and, like, obviously, like, some big coordination in terms of, like, actors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of like, sequ- a lot of just like sequences, which is not something you normally get from like a kid's television show, you know? Yeah. And there are like fun cutaway gags that mm-hmm. like ride the line between like real and metaphorical. The tiny golfer. Tiny golfer for it by. What, what was his, what was that? Like, Gif? <laughs> are you talking about Gif? Yeah. Gif is Frank Gifford, who uh, is apparently a football uh, announcer and the uh, minor, cele- maybe major celebrity. I don't know. I don't know. So who Frank in, Gifford in real reality? Yes. Yeah, that so is a real person? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's playing himself. 
uh in 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 the show and for this episode frank gifford is starring co- like guest starring as himself uh, okay okay and that's why uh dad is starstruck by the way dad we never find out dad's name he's just dad mm-hmm. to everyone dad. he's dad mm-hmm. or mr wrigley but right um, but dad owns a golf a golf driving range that i'd say is like both a rich person thing but this is kind of a very like low like blue collar yeah golf range it's very humble i find that the golf range is the most humble form of of golf right because anybody's allowed to show up you can you can rent clubs there you anyone can buy a a bucket of balls and go to town right yeah Mm -hmm. we we also get a little bit of like sort of this uh overarching idea of what are bears uh you mean the the joe para opening which i was watching it And it is a Joe Para ass opening, and Holy I loved, shit. I loved Joe it. Talks I loved it. <laughs> I, I, it is so like this episode. I think more so than the last one we watched on the show, the Christmas like trash garbage yeah. man episode. Yeah, this episode felt kind of like anti capitalist, like a mm-hmm. Pete showing beautiful nature footage of like this land used to be filled with bears Mm -hmm. and bears Mm -hmm. are awesome look at this footage of a bear just tumbling down a hill yep (laughs) bears aren't here anymore because because of commerce Mm -hmm. yeah we 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 paved paradise and put up a park oh my god yes yep yeah like the line uh they say the last bear here choked to death on a bologna and cheese sandwich (laughs) (laughs) yeah Fucking great. It's awesome. It's a great way to like get young kids thinking a little bit like, yeah, maybe nature is okay. And, and I think the the one we watched was a Christmas episode, but it was a, yeah. it was a young Pete episode, which are far more chaotic, right? Yeah. Yes. The the big Pete episodes tend to be a little wistful. Um, mm-hmm. They tend to be a little bit more like moral based. But I like how I like how I really like how no one's really wrong in this episode. Everyone's just like trying their best. Like right, yeah. it's it's not quite it's, it's definitely not like a centrist message, but it's just like a empathy for everyone sort of message mm-hmm. except for like maybe the unruly mob of murderous golfers. Uh-huh. The hunters, yeah. I love the hunter. Yeah. The line when he when he's talk when they're like walking up and he's like let's play a word association game and you're like where is this what is this going and you just you're kind of used to the like fucking free jazz vibe of this show where like a scene is just doing what it wants to do but he's doing mm-hmm. this thing and it's this long con of like he's work he's walking with this fellow hunter and mm-hmm. he's just like just like just say a word any word and he's like no, i don't want to do it and he's like how about i i'll throw one out there how about hunting trip that's two words just go with me on this say it. <laughs> hunting trip yeah this this hunting trip is terrible we haven't shot a thing and it's just this long burn to get to the to this very obvious like simple line that they just need to deliver, right? There are so many characters in this episode. We need to get the ex- the very basic premise of this because yeah. it's mostly contained around Big Pete. Little Pete's there, but he's just kind of on the side. Yeah, Big Pete is embarrassed uh, because being a range boy at his dad's place carries a horrible burden of being totally f- fucking embarrassing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He tells the story of uh, Norm Hedgeese Scrumpkin, the former range boy who had to move and maybe get plastic surgery because everyone <laughs> made fun of him so much. For- There's like a horror montage of yeah. like all of the yeah. former range boys, and I think one of them's just a corpse. Like I feel like- yeah. <laughs> uh, and Pete says, uh, "I wasn't afraid of being killed or going insane. That, that I, can I can handle." handle. <laughs> so fucking good it's so good because he says that and then it's but it's true though 
It's what does a young teen fear the most? And it's a humiliation at the hand of their parents. And that's what, mm-hmm. this, that's what like, I agree with you, Chad. There is a, uh, there is an anti-capitalist pro-nature uh, mm-hmm. a subcurrent throughout this. But I do think this episode is about being forced by your parents to do something that you are incredibly totally. embarrassed about. Yeah. Totally. Right? And that's, Kevin, that line, that just that one just worked. I love his, his another absolutely 90s written line. Even an amoeba laughs at a range boy. <laughs> <laughs> Classic 90s shit right there. I just uh, I just think Big Pete uh, does a perfect read every line. Like yeah, he seems yeah. to love the words he's given. Mm-hmm. Like he says amoeba like with such distaste. Yep. It's great. Yep. I love this he's, show. He's he's bringing it with like this is all actually the most serious stuff in the world, which I appreciate mm-hmm. as an adult. And I appreciate it as a kid watching it too. Mm-hmm. Like the stakes have never been higher than Pete <laughs> as this range boy. We we get a look at some of the other golfers. Um, Lil Pete and Artie uh, are practicing for a long ball hitting contest mm-hmm. that never really goes anywhere. Right, Artie, the strongest man in the world, of course. You know and he's bombing them. And I love that he when he hits them. 300,000 feet away or whatever it was. Yeah, a older Pete as range boy must go retrieve it. Yeah, yeah, he has to get every little golf ball because mm-hmm. that's working for your dad. Yep. <laughs> it's like, well, you have to go get the ones that are like 30,000 miles away as well. What do you say, like $3 an hour? Three fifty an hour, yep. Three fifty yeah. an hour. <laughs> and golf balls aren't free. You got to go get them. He also never, by the way, I, I just want to point out, he never at any point is like, I need to go tell Artie to calm down. He's like, no, Artie is a powerful mythic figure yes. that I can't stop. So I must just deal with him hitting the long ball. He understand he understands what young Pete is capable of, and his his avatar, Artie, will enact all of his wicked wills <laughs> upon the world. So he's gotta he's gotta deal with it. I mean, when you're at a certain age, like you, you just know that there are barriers and you don't really know how to take them down. Mm-hmm. Like what are you going to do, like, a, a 14-year-old kid against Artie, the strongest man in the world? Are you going to tell him to stop being so strong? Right, like, right. Like, that's like telling a hurricane to stop blowing its winds. Exactly. He's a, for- <laughs> he's a force in nature, and I love him. Um, Ellen, Ellen is briefly in this episode to do something. Ellen isn't very well explored in this episode. There are oh, way better yeah. Ellen episodes. She champions bears, I right. guess. Right. She really is just the moral compass for Pete, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, when Pete gets the idea, Big Pete gets the idea to uh, put on a bear costume to avoid being recognized mm-hmm. uh, by mostly by uh, Endless Mike Hellstrom, the the main antagonist for season one. Yeah, fantastic name. Yep, Endless Mike. Endless I love the Mike. nicknames. Endless, tremendous. Like like he's a void or something, right? There's just mm, something right. about it that feels uh, intimidating. Yeah. He's he'll, he's just a relentless force. Again, a relentless force of of angst and antagonism. I love when Dad is interacting with Endless Mike, and uh, Mike is like, "I got a new visualization technique. <laughs> I picture your son's head on my tee, and then I just let loose." <laughs> and Dad's like, "Interesting." <laughs> Oh, the dad has no worry about his own son's face. Yeah. He's like, oh, cool. Well, hey, thanks for thanks for shopping here and being a customer at uh, Mighty Bear. Yeah. Mighty Bear, that's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe, I don't remember if the uh, the bus driver, the bus driver was in the Christmas episode, yeah. correct? St- yes. Stu Benedict. Stu, Stu Benedict, who, ha- who might have the best line, at least my favorite line in it, 
which so we see also so everyone's everyone who's at the range yeah. Kevin as you're laying out is sort of getting out either getting out some frustrations or like or like Artie <laughs> or like yeah. Artie is is going for his thing but most of them are are getting out their frustrations and that's dad's point that this serves a purpose for the community right yeah uh, and Stu is great because he's sitting there uh, narrating at, at, at himself as if he were at the 15th hole of the uh, US <laughs> of the US Open mm-hmm. and he's He's, uh, you know, Stu, since his girlfriend left him over nothing. <laughs> I love that read. It's so good. Over nothing. <laughs> and he's, he can't bring himself to swing. Like, yes. we, we occasionally, like, pan back to him and he's, like, collapsed on the ground, just, like, crying, trying to swing yeah. the, the oh, club. Tremendous. This is a very, like, this would be, this, Stu would be right out of Scrubs, I feel like, yes. right? Like, yes. I can see that character Chad. immediately just cuts Chad. to in the hospital. Chad, the, the tone of the comedy, and I'm not a big Scrubs watcher, but I, from what I've seen, yes, this is very much yeah. so, the, like you said, Kevin, the magical realism of, yeah. of, that, of that vibe of that show, yeah. Yeah, oh, it's just without sure. the, the without the cuts in JD's fantasy, these things are just real. Yes, yes. Uh, but my favorite, I, we haven't we we jumped over, but just my favorite shot in the whole thing, I, I think is really underappreciated, is when Big Pete is talking about how word would get around as soon as people know that yes, he's yeah. a, a range boy, and it comes oh my to god, yes. a random teenager blowing into a seahorn, yes, and pointing ominously <laughs> off screen, and that's the only time we ever see it's her. Like, I loved. It's that. like something out of like Jason and the Argonauts. Like it's yeah, like yeah. it's like <laughs> speaking of myth again. Like it's like a mythic image of this like super heroic low angle. Incredible. It, it just seems like the filmmakers were having fun and they had wiggle room. Like they shot that like horn thing as like b-roll or something right, and definitely. they're like we're, we're just like messing around and we have a horn maybe we could write something a, for this it's even like an easy pickup shot right like it's like yeah. that's one of those things that you're like putting it together and you're like oh we need some footage here okay we'll get um i don't know your your niece wants to be in the show we'll grab we'll grab her oh, we'll go God. to we'll go to a field and we're gonna pick up this shot and we're gonna put we're gonna lay it in over that you know yeah it's just there's such a warmness to like how everything is composed. Yes, but this is like my favorite thing to talk about. I love this show. I appreciate like the mod, like the modesty of it though. There's something I think about mm. like this. This was this is maybe just me being unable to separate it from just working in production and like TV now. Mm-hmm. But I kept thinking about like exactly what you guys are talking about. Like okay, so you just have one location and it's just around this range. Mm-hmm. Pete has a pretty cruddy bear suit, mm-hmm. and it's just character moments of them all kind of reacting to this bear. Right. When the big riot, it's just like 10 people. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it feels real. The, I love it. The photography has this real true artistry to it. At least I think it's true artistry. I think there's, yeah, yeah. there's some really creative and like just nice shots. Again, like almost Anderson-esque. One of my favorite shots was when Pete is uh, after he's got the bear suit going and he's and he's mm-hmm. kind of things are going well with it. His dad comes out who runs next to the cart as he's <laughs> as he's doing it and is uh-huh. and it's and it's like uh, that's a hilarious moment because he's screaming yeah. he's screaming at him in the cart. He pulls over and gets inside of the cart to have a heart to heart with him. And there's that great shot. It's just a head on shot, two shot of them. It framed yeah. up straight on, and it's just the grate of the cart, right? And they're having this conversation and they're punctuating. And I love this direction. They're punctuating the moments in the scene by throwing golf balls at the at the cart to like give a little like doom to like really like to like sell a line. Right. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice that. But you're right. There is that yeah, punctuation yeah. of the golf balls in there. That's really cl- that's really cool. They're timed so that like he drops a joke and it's like, boom, hit it with the joke. Right. Like they give it a little like a, 
to make it like a little visceral. It's like hail hitting their car, but like yes. intentional. Exactly, exactly. Um, it's great. Like there's that, and then another shot that I loved, which is a very small, like nothing shot, but he. It's I think it's also after the this scene where they have this heart to heart. Uh, Pete is in the bear suit sitting on top of the cart, which his dad is underneath working on. And there's this downward <laughs> shot through his legs of dad working on the cart. It's beautiful. It's a great, it's just a creative angle. That's interesting. Yeah. When uh, Pete is trying to sell his dad on the bear costume, because his dad thinks he's making uh, his range look ridiculous. Right. Because uh, <laughs> right. GIF commented on the bear suit yeah. negatively. Um, GIF, who is golfing with a golf club with another tiny golfer with its own golf club, which he's triggering to hit a tiny golf ball. And yeah. implying, they don't show where it goes, and implying that he is hitting that little tiny golf ball very far. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, but you can feel like uh, like a, a dark love between GIF and that little man club yes. thing. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. He talks to it like like a little like it's his little familiar. I what a, does he ever show up later in the show, or is this the only no, time this we is, ever see Gif? This is his only cameo. Like this what is a fascinating. <laughs> like I have to imagine the way this episode got made was they were like, well, we haven't given Dad a job yet, and mm-hmm. uh, my girlfriend's uncle's friend owns a driving range and he said we can use their ball picker upper machine kevin that's exactly it and chad it's to your point earlier about like having worked on production like you can watch this show and you can go you can see that right you can see like what would have been like probably something that would have made a show feel small there's so much love and creativity poured into it that they make these small like they did exactly that because getting renting a golf uh, you know, like a, a a driving range is probably so cheap. Like uh-huh. that location, and you can get that for like a week, right? Rent that for like a week, two weeks, or something like that, and just shoot almost exclusively there. And have the machines. There's a lot of interesting uh, imagery related to that, with like the repetition of the driving range, like the mm-hmm. actual ranges where the people are hitting. Like there's be- like you can create like cool shots, like they did with that. The card itself is very interesting to shoot, and like you can do a lot of like fun, interesting things with these things. But you're also solving a very small, like a very large logistical problem of how to stretch a budget. Yeah, like th- the range is very interesting as far as a metaphor goes because it's sort of like it is on the border of civilization and it mm-hmm. is civilization and humans are just knocking shit into the woods into nature just to feel like something. Uh-huh, I love uh-huh. I love like uh the two voices in Big Pete's head like Ellen being like just own up to being a range boy. Like, don't give into your insecurities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dad being like, everybody has problems. This is how people deal with problems. This is this is how it is. Like, right. it's just sort of a it's just sort of a thing where like, yeah, everybody does have problems, but how you deal with the problem is important because right. there is there are a group of people who had problems and they came over to America and they fucked a whole bunch of shit up. Right. It, it's simultaneously really bleak, right? That speech that mm-hmm. he gives to us to big Pete yeah. at the end of the episode when Stu, after everything's kind of settled, Stu gets that like perfect shot yeah, and sends the ball flying into the heavens. And he just seems to have peace. Mm-hmm. He just seems to have a little bit of satisfaction. Like, Oh, I guess there is something magical about this golf range. Right. Yeah. And, right. That, and that's all it is. Um, we should talk about how to so, like the, the part that we're kind of uh, jumping around a little bit is, even though it's a very simple episode, you're right. It's it's all these threads. To it. It's all these threads. It's all these threads. Yeah. Uh, is is Pete after he's put on the bear suit named Mr. I think Mr. Bear. Mr. Bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Mr. Bear, is it it takes over a mania of the golf course mm-hmm. and everyone who's there now wants to hit Mr. Bear, <laughs> including the the aforementioned hunters. I loved it. They're complaining about not being able to to kill anything. Mm-hmm. I I was like, are they gonna shoot Pete? Yeah. But immediately they go, Oh. There's a bear on the range. I guess I'll buy some golf balls. And young Pete is working his grift. And I love his his thing. He's like, they're like, can we hit the can we hit the bear? Yes, you can. But he works here. Read the sign, and it says, "Do not hurt the bear." <laughs> he's like, and he's like, how much? Uh, how much for a bucket of balls? Like five bucks. We'll give you ten bucks. And he's like, go ahead. <laughs> Be my guest. <laughs> so they're going to town. I love the mom and daughter who are also doing it. And I love the one oh, line yeah. of the girls. The mom's trying to hit the bear, and the daughter goes, "I can smell his fear." <laughs> It smells like bacon. <laughs> what a weird, yeah, great line. A real Damien child, this yeah. little girl. Yes, um, he's such a silly bear, mommy. I love him. Yep. <laughs> Too. I can smell his fear. It's yep. great. Yep. Yeah, uh, and it builds towards uh, little Pete, who who's kind of uh, I get it. It's it's a brother rivalry. Mm-hmm. He's really sold his brother up the river yep. by. Giving dad the idea that at the end of the week, they're going to have a big unmasking. If you hit the bear, you make money. And then also if you we're going to unmask the bear. Mm-hmm. And to Pete, to Big Pete, that is the worst thing. Because the only reason he even did this was to hide his identity. Right. And he has to decide if he's going to let his dad and little Pete down or keep wear the mask. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like he actually has leverage because, you know... Little Pete and Dad did kind of sell him out. Like, yeah, he was he was a moving target. So, like when, uh, when he finally tells his dad that he's embarrassed to work at the range and he walks away, like there's never a moment where Pete has to say, "I'm sorry, Dad, that I said I felt embarrassed for working here." It's just you know he was right to just express himself, right, like yeah. that. And like, I think, and to your point, Kevin, about like this is sort of like an episode where like everybody's point of view is kind of treated like equally where you should be emotionally like, Oh yeah, I get every like, that's like Pete's wrong too. Like big Pete's wrong in that, like his embarrassment for, you know, just like kids who are kind of wrong, quote unquote, for being embarrassed of their parents. Not that they're wrong. It's totally fine to feel that. But like, Ultimately, as you get older, you realize, oh, I should have never been embarrassed of that. That didn't matter at all, right? Like, yeah the the whole the whole thing is like everyone has problems. Yes, right. this is true. But are you going to make your problems someone else's problem? Right. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And that's and everybody was doing that to each other in this episode, right? Yeah. And it isn't until everyone kind of gets over their problems that everything sort of resolves. Yeah, like they find when um, well. First, there's a really lovely night scene just before the night of the big bear unmasking mm-hmm. um, where Ellen and Pete are picking up golf balls. I love and- that they're picking up golf balls, but and there's thousands of golf balls everywhere and they have a machine that does it, but they're picking them up by hand here. Because it's cute. It is. Because it's a cute. It's a cute scene. It is. It's cute. a very cute scene, and it has my favorite like cinema, uh, cin- cinematography. It has my favorite shot in it, mm-hmm. uh, which is like Ellen points up to the sky. You see all the stars, and like there's a little outline of Ursa Major, mm-hmm. uh, and that's great. But then it reverse shots back to the ground, an overhead shot, and all the golf balls on the lawn look like stars in the sky. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was a great one. Yep, I, I another, love that. Another creative shot. It's just like the the. There's a lot, like we like we said already. There's so much love, obvious love in this for this show. Oh yeah, yeah there's some, there's something about like I, I kept thinking about like Artie and how much he's selling, or Toby has how much he's selling Artie, even the mm-hmm. way it's shot though, right? Like 
it seems underrated, but I feel like in a in a worser show, in a generic like three camera kid show now, yeah, they wouldn't be doing this thing of like down on the street level, already like crawling on the ground begging Clark to remember him, <laughs> right? Because we we mentioned that Clark already hit Clark with a golf ball and he has amnesia. The turtle's fine, but he forgot who he was. Just turtle yeah. amnesia. Um, yep. I love it. Can't you remember the stars, Clark? The twinkly, stinkly <laughs> stars. Stinkly <laughs> stars. It's really sweet. Like, it, there's something about it that feels, yeah, very earnest. And in another show, that would have been a very cynical, like, lazy character, yeah. right? Like, you would just be like, we'll just dump all the, the wacky jokes on him. It's It's a damn shame this show only got two seasons because you can absolutely tell that every single person involved is loving what they're doing. There is a third season. Is there? Uh, yeah, but it's um, it's a little compromised. Oh, is it? Damn. What happened? What um, happened in the third season? Uh, Ar- well, Artie leaves in season two. Um, oh. And uh, Nona is Artie's replacement like f- friend character for Big Pete. Mm-hmm, but like right. she was filming um uh Harriet the Spy at uh, the time. Yep. So she's not really there, so there's just not a lot of little Pete, so it's like too much big Pete. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, it just kinda there aren't as many like incredible episodes like this in right. season three. And also this season three apparently was I think we brought this up last time, but season three was apparently um like they they printed DVDs for it and then they just left them in a shipping container somewhere and they never sold them on purpose on purpose yeah they just never they didn't do it <laughs> those are cursed discs yep but they're somewhere okay, allegedly um so little Pete and Dad are being pelted by golf balls because everyone's angry that the bear isn't present mm-hmm. uh, and then Big Pete uh, has a change of heart. Even though he gets a, che- a cheek kiss from Ellen, right? Like, oh my god! Yeah, no, right? Like scandalous. And uh, he uh, he goes back to the range to help his family, uh, and then he uh, uh, already hits him with uh, the golf ball. Already, <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking kills him. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely beanballs him, knocking Pete into into Clark. Yeah, and curing Clark's turtle amnesia as well. And then Artie picks him up and runs off and sp- spitting off a panoply of great lines. One of my favorite is, no, I'm driving this time, as he runs <laughs> off. <laughs> and I love I love this moment because uh, because it's Artie. Um, he doesn't give a shit about unmasking no. uh, Mr. Bear. And everyone's like, aren't you going to un- unmask the bear? So Pete has like a yet another opportunity to just walk away from all of this mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. learn anything mm-hmm. and uh he just takes the mask off himself and he's proud of himself because he did the right thing it's great i love it and then he mauls them all because that's what a bear would yeah <laughs> and then it ends with this line which is too smart and too deep for any kid show to ever deserve <laughs> where he says whether they're hitting golf balls or shooting bullets humans have this need to keep reminding themselves that they're all the king of the jungle it comes from being insecure i think <sighs> yeah. yeah bam and then Stu benedict hits his perfect shot and it's like <sighs> it's good it's good it's a great end it's just a, it's emotional it i don't know it just is a great episode this was i think i think this show now i'm sorry goosebuds is now pete and pete buds I'm yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is this is also just like an end of summer vibe. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, the, the trees returning in it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's such it, like I I love watching um 
like X Files and Pete and Pete and Over the Garden Wall around mm-hmm. this time of year. Like mm-hmm. it's it's my pumpkin spice latte. It's big just fall energy on this show. I immediately want to watch more of them. I I'm with y'all in that like you know I was fond of it and mm. we watched that previous garbage Christmas episode. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. it. Uh, it was it was solid, but it wasn't like it didn't hit the same. It was really good, but it didn't hit as nostalgic as this Range Boy episode for me. Right, mm. right. I am. I definitely was looking back and going like, I think there was a residual bonus effect that Pete and Pete had on the rest of Nickelodeon's like live action shows at the time, where like you know after we rewatched Sillier Shorts, pretty yeah. good, mm-hmm. not yeah. even close to as good as Pete and Pete by comparison. No, and right? it's it's kind of wild because like. Paul, you said that the like this is your favorite thing that Nickelodeon's ever done, and I'm like, I have to weigh this against Avatar: The Last Airbender. Like, oh, I don't sure. know how to compare yeah, these sure. two shows. I, I, best live action thing that Nickelodeon has done. It's pr- it's pretty strong. It's funny you bring that up because there are a lot of live action Nickelodeon shows from the 90s and early 2000s mm-hmm. that I think would be really interesting to cover on Goosebuds. Yeah, uh, Mystery Files of Shelby Woo. Um, oh so weird was Disney. Um, okay. Secret Life of Alex Mack was a big one for me. Secret yes. Life of Alex Mack. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'd love. I feel like revisiting some pilots of these shows would be a really fun thing to do. I would love to totally. do a hundred good deeds for Eddie McDowd. That's kind of goosebumpsy. <laughs> I don't know if I remember that. One. You know. Okay. It, I, I don't remember that one. You know, I did just say pilots, and now as I thought about it after I said that, I actually feel like finding the best episode. You know, yeah, similar yeah. similar to like how we p- cherry picked a couple p- uh, Pete and Pete episodes would be a really good way to go about it. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to do that if we have ever time to do another Pete and Pete. I know which one I really want to do. I don't know if it's cool to cover this on the podcast. Oh yeah, which one? But I have such a fondness for what I think is the last episode of season two, the Mister Swirly episode. Oh my goodness! Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. that one's so good. I yeah, I was thinking about it last night. Like that is a mythical depiction of an ice cream man, basically as a cryptid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yes. I, I I think that planted a lot of like seeds in my brain as a kid. It's uh-huh. got Michael Stipe in it. Michael Stipe right. in that one. <laughs> I had no idea who that was as a kid. Me either. But Michael Stipe of REM. Wait, like, uh, we, we talk about that? I think we might have mentioned. We may have mentioned that on the Christmas I, episode. I don't. I don't know if we mentioned this. I was looking at just the wiki for of cameos of people who are on the show. There are mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot. Like and like. Oh yeah, of course. I guess like Selma Blair or Chris Elliott or. Ella Cool J would be on it. Sure, that's all people. Um, Patty Hearst was on a fucking episode. Yeah. Yeah, what? Dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Debbie Harry. This show had like amazing. Again, tied into cameos. that. I uh, tied into that New York music scene, right? Iggy Pop was a regular member of the I show. Yes, Iggy Pop was the mailman, right? No, he what? was uh, Ellen's. Uh, he was no, he wasn't Ellen's dad. I think he was Nona's dad. Oh, okay. I thought for some reason I thought James he was Pop Mecklenburg, please by Iggy Pop, known known as loving and occasionally overprotective. So it was Nona's dad. Nona's dad. dad. Okay, I remember. Why did I think he was the mailman? Maybe he was in a music video where he was a mailman or something like that. <laughs> um, Probably. There's one episode that's a one big Stand by Me reference, uh, Paul. That I think you'd like. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, that, I would love to see that. Little Pete's lucky penny runs out of luck. Uh, and he leaves it yes. on a train track to yes. destroy it. I remember that one. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they're told by the bullies that the train is going to derail itself if it yep. hits the penny. So they go in the night to retrieve the penny from yep. the track. It's great, oh, I, dude. I this is a show that I have never revisited fully as an adult. I've you know mm-hmm. obviously watched some episodes with you. I used to watch it with uh, 
my buddy Joe Williams, um, uh, who who really oh, kind of reintroduced me to the show because I always loved it as a kid, but was like, "Yo, this show still holds up," and we would watch it. Which, by the way, in this episode, Pete talks about how becoming a mascot freed him in all these ways. My <laughs> buddy, my buddy Joe, who I would watch this show with was a mascot for a Philadelphia college that he attended and oh. said the exact same thing about how putting on that suit cuz he's like a he's a he's not a very performative guy he's a very like he's he's funny he's personable loves not he's not a shy person in any way but he's not hmm. the same person to go out and dance in front of uh tens sure. of thousands of people but he talked about the freeing nature of putting on that mascot suit and uh they'd really they they're spot on with that in this in uh in in college, I had a gorilla suit um, that uh-huh. I owned, uh, and I would okay. often, uh, once or twice, not not often, once or twice, <laughs> I would I would crash uh, a a soccer game and run onto the field uh, out from out of the woods <laughs> in a gorilla suit and uh, do do a little dance and then disappear back into the woods. Kevin, I never knew this about you. I never it, knew it, about your secret gorilla sorry, phase. So wait, what what brought the mood about? Uh, why? Why would I do the gorilla dance? Yeah, uh, like why would you? Yeah, why on a certain night would you go dance? In why the do painters life? paint? Why do poets poet? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I had a friend on the soccer team who was like, it would be cool if someone crashed the game and did something interesting because I'm so bored. And I'm like, interesting. I just came into a gorilla suit. <laughs> 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 the world's your oyster when you're like a a 17 year old with a gorilla suit in a heavily wooded. Uh, oh, suburb. Yes, it is. Damn, if that's not if that's not a vibe. <laughs> it was great. It was great. It was uh no one would like do anything. Like no one chased me. I was just kind of I, I would just kind of dance and then I'd leave the soccer. No, field. nobody nobody was paid enough to chase you during that. <laughs> that's awesome, Kevin. Please tell me you have some pictures of you in a gorilla suit. There definitely are, but uh my mom my mom probably has the scrapbook of them. I hope they're just it's just the one photo of you as you doing the Bigfoot lean and look back as you walk through the woods. <laughs> <laughs> and that that uh, that gorilla suit reeked too. It was the smelliest fucking. Oh, I can imagine. Suit. Yeah, th- those things just absorb sweat. Oh yeah, it was it was all sweat from like 1982 in there. Oh, was... <laughs> antique sweat. Antique sweat. It was potent. I think here's what I think we should do. I love Pete and Pete. We're adding a tier. To... <laughs> I'm saying this, and I'm not even consulting you guys. We're adding a tier to our Patreon. Oh. We hit it. Pete and Pete podcast happening. <laughs> I feel I think Pete and Pete are like the uh Danny Tamborelli and uh Big Pete are doing a, a podcast where they rewatch Pete and Pete. Are they? So, yeah, we can we can edge in on their racket, I feel. Yeah, I don't think I mean they that's their own thing. That's like a that's a behind the scenes featurette. This this yeah. is ours is is uh mythology unfolding before your eyes. Yeah. I I I would love to continue to observe Pete and Pete episodes under under the Goosebuds umbrella, but if there's demand for it, and yeah, let us know. Yeah, let us know. I want to keep I want to keep making these things. I want to keep exploring these uh, weird shows. Yeah, uh, if, I, if I can get an excuse to watch, well, more Pete and Pete, or as we have talked about, maybe some more Nickelodeon live actions. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, hundred. All right, let me pitch hundred good deeds uh, for Eddie McDad, really okay. quick. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, I feel like this will be a Chad one. Um, okay, all right. So Eddie McDowd, as as far as I remember the plot, Eddie McDowd is a bully, mm-hmm. uh, and he is cursed by a witch and transformed into a dog. Okay, what? And as a dog, he must perform one hundred good deeds. <laughs> 
That's so easy that. for a dog. Dogs do good deeds all day long. I know, right? But like he has he has like human uh like Oh, uh, but he's not he doesn't have a dog's nature. Oh. No, yeah, he has human nature and like he's got he has to like cor- correspond to human levels of morality. Oh. Uh, is he a dog all the time? Goodness. Yeah. I think there's like one or two where he's not a dog uh for magic wow. reasons, but like <laughs> magic is real. He's a dog. I think he can talk to the to like people he's bullied or something like that. Okay. Like cool. Like, like there's another kid he can talk to or some shit. I don't know. My name is Earl Meets Animorphs is what you're Yes. Talking. Wow. Yeah. Yes. The most wow. fucked up part is it was canceled before he could do a hundred good deeds. So oh no, he's trapped oh as a dog. God, in dog limbo. He's, he's still a dog. Unless unless Nickelodeon reboots it with like a really old dog. Uh well now I think we gotta do a podcast about that show just to try and get it finished. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. We got to write some fanfic, do some do some fan uh, uh canon, <laughs> complete complete the work. Finish the finish the lore of Hunter <laughs> Deeds. Um I think that's probably been an episode, y'all. Yeah, that's a buds. That was that's a buds. That was a beautiful buds. It was beautiful soul enriching buds. Hey Paul, let's say let's say I'm a listener. Mm. Um, and I want to support the show and also have like more of an input on what we cover next, say like another Pete and Pete or Goosebumps 2000. What would be the best way to do well, that? Well, boy, do I have a website for you. Patreon.com slash Goosebuds. <laughs> There's a website where you can give us money and you can vote on things and you can say things to us. There's a Discord channel where you can talk <laughs> to us and also make us do things that we may or may not want to do. And we were <laughs> to sound like an OnlyFans. It's not an OnlyFans. I just want to clarify. I'm, I'm not opposed to starting one, though. Yeah. And but here's the thing: we 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 are bandying about an idea right here for for some more Nickelodeon related content. Uh, I you know I maybe that's something that you get on the Patreon and you get to you know you get to be a part of making happen if you're interested. Yeah, listen, we're just the ideas guys. We want to know what like the higher ups want. So go on to go on to our <laughs> go on to our Patreon and join up on our Discord and uh uh like let us study you. Let be us a learn. Pro- be a producer. Yeah, be help help produce us. <laughs> <laughs> uh also you also you also reach us on Twitter at goosebudspod, uh Gmail uh at goosebuds at gmail.com true hey hey and if you you know you probably listen to this on a on a on an itunes or a, or some other you know podcast streaming service we did just start re-uploading our episodes to youtube if you want to go give them a listen over there too uh you know if you uh if you like to put things on at night and fall asleep to them some people like to do that throw it on your tv yeah if you time. want a little if you want a little throwback uh i think we're starting with like what episodes in the 20s 20s in, in the 20s yeah. it's on a it, it's going to be a journey back through so if you need an excuse to go listen to it again there's there's your excuse mm-hmm. i also noticed the uh the subreddit it's been very active recently so you can go oh reddit.com slash r slash goosebuds uh and discuss there as well uh, speaking of speaking of reviews, would you guys like like to read an iTunes review? With yeah, yeah hell yes, <laughs> yeah. We haven't done that in I, so long. We haven't done it in a while, but uh, y'all have been have been leaving wonderful reviews on iTunes, which helps us get discovered by new listeners and and helps the show in terms of visibility. So much appreciated. Um, I got a review here from Cooper four three zero one four two zero. Wow, with the review the podcast that glumps <laughs> five stars. Of all the Goosebumps theme podcasts out there, 
and I can only imagine there are tons. There's a couple. This is easily the best one. I had plenty of Goosebump books as a kid, but I was always too scared to read them, mainly because the curse of Camp Cold Lake Cover was so scary. True. It is. Mm-hmm. This is a great way to experience these sour stories safely. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would slink again. Also wouldn't mind a little more Goosebumps RPG. This, thank you for that, Cooper4301420. That was, <laughs> that was, I contained a bunch of, of inside jokes. Glomp got little me pretty free, got slink in there. And then also <laughs> we just recently asked if people wanted more Goosebumps RPG. Cooper gave it to us, gave us the answer. Yeah. I guess I guess that I guess that's it. We're doing more goosebumps. Uh, I guess goosebumps. So. Thanks, Cooper. Buds RPG. Yeah, we got to do more. Uh, I got a I got a fun uh, little review here from Shamwise! Exclamation yeah. point. Uh, this review is entitled "Horrific Fun." Five stars. That's the most. Uh, <laughs> Max stars. Max stars. Maxed it out. Goosebuds is a wonderful podcast with three good, good boys chatting about the beloved and dubious and quality children's horror books, Goosebumps. Mm -hmm. That's a good Mm -hmm. synopsis of our show. Mm -hmm. It's got a good balance of pop culture and insightful perspectives on RL's many books, an adorable monster blood soaked gem. Oh, thanks, Shamwise. That's like a warm hug. I would expect nothing less from someone named after the greatest hobbit. Uh, VX Thunder left us a comment. Another Max Stars comment. Five stars. <laughs> These boys speak the potty language I want to hear. I love it. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. A feel good, funny, and lightly spooky show. I can't give this pot enough stars. These buds are truly the best. Thank you for calling us lightly spooky. If you were ever too scared to listen to our podcast, you would never have made it to this point, so I can't convince you. I'm sorry. But that that one should have been the one that convinced you. <laughs> Thank you all. Well, very much appreciated. I feel like this next review is going to convince anyone who's not convinced. Oh yeah, let's say it. Uh, Chad, do you want to read this one or? Uh, Kevin, I think you got. I want to hear you say it. Okay, this um, this is a long one, but uh, I'll get right to it. Uh, this is by Glitched Pixel. Um, the the review is entitled Goosebutts. <laughs> Five mm-hmm. stars. Max and the review reads as follows: Goosebutts. <laughs> The counts that Max Star vote counts. That I, that was the other parts were maybe there just to get just because they had to fill out some fields. Max Stars counts still though. We are gonna we're gonna count that one. We're gonna we're gonna add that into our tally. And now we have a name for our OnlyFans. Oh my god, <laughs> Kevin, it's brilliant. Thank you, Glitch Pixel. I love I love it. Thank you to everybody who's left a review. And if you could leave a yeah. review, if you have the time, it's not that hard. You can just give us a Goosebutts, but g- make sure, please, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but give us a Max Star review. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're not allowed to do it. We have to tell people to vote how they feel, I believe, or else it's it's corruption and iTunes will investigate us and audit us. I do not uh, want to get audited. Vote what's in your heart. So, uh, vote I, what's in your heart. Yeah, just tell us how you think we completely randomly picked these reviews that all happen to be five stars. So, <laughs> you know, just write what you think. And, um, you know, we're just trying to signal boost the truth, as we always do on this program. <laughs> well said, Kevin. Well said. Um, all right. Well, my cat is staring at a door and trying to get out of it. So I probably should let Aww. him out. All right. Let's all go to our cats. Thanks for hanging. Yeah. Everyone go to your cats and tell them they're good boys. <laughs> I'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Love you. Bye.
This episode of Goosebuds is brought to you by our lovely Patreon donors. We'd like to say thank you with a little segment we call The Book of Names. The Book of Names. And let's start with Stefan Jive Turkey Kuwabara. Hollis Hornbeak. Cameron Murphy Audio. Michael McDowell. David Cron. Josh Robertson. Mickey C. Nathan Dolazar. Clayton C. Mike Lanteri. Buddy Morrill. Allocade. Mel Dipson. Jim Greaves. Zankeef. Afshin. Danky McStanky. Dango Twists. Brian Wells. Zen Tickles. Stealth Bates. Joseph Miranda. Low Belly Hate Me. Patrick Reynolds. Scott Colopy. Robert Moon. Jason Crooker. John Keedy. Clay Castle. Miguel Pardo. Christina Doling. Third Sergio. Calf. Matthew More Paranoia Shop. Sniggy. Sniggy, thank you for subbing to my Patreon. (laughs) Oh, Sniggy, thank you. Reinfected. Maddie. Eshak Arafin. Gregory D. Warren. Alan Saylor. Sam Hash. Cody Redfield. Rich Hillborn. Bradford Coulter. Aiden Alexander Dace. Jar Jar Slinks. Justin Wagman. Chosen One. Card Boardwalk. Leviathan. Up and Champ. Jonas Eggman. Wait a second. It doesn't say Leviathan. It says Levithan. Yeah. yeah. Or Levi-than. I think yeah. I've always said Leviathan. Yeah. I also have. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're leaving all this in, Kevin. Please. I better. Please. Go on. I'm sorry. Jonas Eggman. <laughs> Alicia Grafe. Maloyster. Carl. Hey, Broccoli, pause for a second. I got to get something off my chest. I think I love Paul. Nice. Oh, so you self-love yourself. Nice That's change. Good, yeah, that was a great change. Thank up. you, Broccoli, for also donating to my Patreon. <laughs> hey, Broccoli. The John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Elusive Koala. Yanni Markovina. Jonas Blatterman. Joe Brookex. Jesus Christ. Christian Vanskiver. Drew Applegate. Jeremy Lowe. Brian Hobgood. Zach Connor. Paul Grasso. Trans rights. Patreon underscore donator, yo. Joe Spooky Digital Ghost Tierney. Taylor Dierks. Joe, I'm not tired. I always look like this. Scott, I feel that one. Damn, real. Tom Whittam. Trendy moron. Nope, I'm not going to read the funny name attempt from Andrew Jadzik this time. <laughs> Lord Cord Wallace. Elizabeth Steenweg. Cardamom Birkenbino. Murph EP. Vincent Modica. Luke Noodles. Hugh Bolin. Zam Bambino. Tevin Ticklebean is your new best friend. <laughs> Aw. Goon Cahoots. Sness Chalmers. Sean Minogue. Wormtown Glenn. Wiggle it. John Pigeonhat Barber. Nathan Remick. Divaldi. Chip Handsome. Matt McKellen. Reed Stubbendeek. Alex Moon, the robot dog. Joey Evans. Sarah Kemp. Tanya Turtle. Chili Dish Gambino. Carewise Gamgee. Brett. Uncle Cool Brother. Cameron Hansen. Adam, you goofed. Juan Jalapena. Generally depressing. Dom Sexy Ghost, a.k.a. Captain Sick. (laughs) (laughs) Muscles Bear. Yeah, yeah. Ben Bohan. Keith Alcrow. Chris Haunted Pajama Boner Nelson. Timothy Misodoulakis. Clay McCarty. Matthew Stevens. Parker Lee. 
Dan. Chris Pittman is a bone wizard. <gasps> Bass Gerritsen. Hey, Eric. It's going to be all right. You're doing a great job. You are, Eric. Love you, Eric. I'll be bad. Hambo. <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> Love you too, Hambo. Love you too, Hambo. You're great. Please oh, stop sending slappy cum tributes to goosebuds at gmail.com. Please stop it. God, it's in my head now. Uh, when dragons rule. Raymond Hernandez. I don't want to hold up. I don't want to gunk things up too much, but I really want someone to write a song called When Dragons Rule because it seems like it would be an awesome song. Please. Yeah. Flamily. The Crow Fence. Matthew Sutton. Jonas N. Voltson. Calamity Carl. Patrick Murphy. Germ Juice. Jeffrey Owen Cahey. You are in so much trouble. <laughs> oh, no. Ooh. Full name. Nick Johnson. Lee Wood. Kelsey Kinneman. Clear as Stephen Day. Beautiful. <laughs> Russell Kastberg. Javier Jimenez. Brendan Arafin. Liam Neesonsdell. <laughs> Chris Pichukas. Scotty Pippen. Streak. Meet Virginia. Ryan Carroll. Jeremy Bowser. Dungeon Kappa. Megan McCormick Mason. MC Hamster. Zach Weir. Tamid Munir. Ninja Breadman. Hood Lemon. Alan G. Jussum. Tobias Clark. Michael Kupka. Julian Lemendia. Adam Muth. Got little old moi, pretty fruits. Brendan Neal. Andre Villanueva. Dr. Chocula. Jimmy Soul. Peanut Berg, level 69. Moon Juice. Estamina, Lord of Paul's Pants. <laughs> You'll never get him. The Davy Boy. Kenny M. SSJ Trogdor. Oh my god. Is that, super, is that Super Saiyan Trogdor? I didn't know Trogdor could become more powerful. <laughs> super Social Justice Trogdor? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dr. Diarrhea. <laughs> Kieran McNamara. Diet Soda. Quigley Jones. Jackie Ledoux. Great name. Coleman Laguza. Another one. Lamb. <laughs> Mike Spaghetti Jones. Redemption. Levi Kidder. David Gray. Bryce Diary. Matthew Brettato. I am Cornholio. I need TP for my bunghole. Nice one. Chris. Carbson. David Lynch, XXX, Brendan Fraser, 666. Yes. Dude, those are some powerful names and numbers. Yes. Out be careful. That's a powerful ship. That used to be 311 in there, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I'm glad they found each other. Is it my turn? <laughs> it is. Yeah, it so. is. It is. Luke Humanzi Allen. Some of Chad's bird friends. Oh. Nicholas Maloney. Wagmar Wigmere. Dakota Camp. Midwest Indigo 13. Eric Horwitz. Tiffany Lee. The Secret Provider. Thomas Jansis. Lucretia McEvil. Ooh. Elm Realm. Ooh. Some good names. <laughs> yeah. Mutant Astronaut. Kiwio Flairb. Bjarndeer. <laughs> I think I nailed that one. You, you did. did. You did. I would not have been yeah. able to read it. I would have been like, BJ Arndire. Your, uh, your time in Valheim has served you well. <laughs> it truly has. <laughs> yeah. Uh, serial Killer X. Soggy Newspapers. Alec Johnson. Henry Torbert. Hannah. Or Henry Torbert. I don't know. Who knows? Only Henry does. Only Henry does. <laughs> Hannah Jaeger Bush. Gakenti. The Skoteg. The Adam Knapp. Joe Melnick? 
and welcome to these new Patreon patrons. Welcome, Benjamin Luther. Logan Derby. Welcome, Brad Schmelzer. Welcome, Burger's Wonderful World <laughs> Official. Oh, man. I can't Ed- believe this isn't just the fan account. And welcome, <laughs> Edgar's Crass. Crachis? I-, I don't know. We'll figure it out over time. You're stuck here forever, so we'll figure it out at some point. <laughs> Welcome, new patrons. To the Book of Names. We love you all. Thank you all so very, very much. Thank you. We love you. Love you guys. Bye. We're going to etch your names Bye. in with our blood now. Bye-bye. Flypaper. The work of the people. Owned by the people. Supported by the people. Visit flypaper.fm.